shit. What's the name of the thing? Neighborhood Watch. Okay. <laughs> That's how you should start the podcast. <laughs> this is we're going. Welcome to Neighborhood Watch, everyone. Episode two. Um, I'm your host, Michael Giannis, as always. Um, I'm joined today by my good friend Russ. How you doing, Russ? Hello. Wait. Episode two. Is episode two of the podcast? Yeah. For for everyone at home, let me explain. Um, so the resource that we are using. Uh, is is something that's known as what is it Sesame Street Classics Volume One. Um, I was under the impression that these were this was a complete collection of season one and two of the Sesame Street. I was mistaken. This seems to be some sort of best of of like old Sesame Street. Um, so this was 56. This was episode 56 that we're covering in episode two. Um, I, I I vow to you that we will eventually cover all 4,000 episodes. Um, I just can't promise that they'll be in order. Um, but my commitment is still is still to the, the ludicrous idea, regardless. So anyway, episode 56, uh, it's called an, an Orange Grouch and a Green Grover. That's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, before we jump in, Nathan, what's like your history with Sesame Street? Did you watch a bunch? Uh, I did not. I am aware that it is a children's show. Okay. I have probably seen several episodes as a child. Okay. That that's what? more than that, that's more than Jared did. He said he he'd never seen an episode to his knowledge. Hmm. I can't remember seeing one, but I assume I have. Yeah. Also as a child, I had a Game Boy. Hmm. And I had a game. It was like Elmo I remember like Elmo was juggling. <laughs> Elmo was juggling letters and I had to get certain letters. Okay. You play that a lot? Was that like a go-to? No. Definitely okay. not. I hate. I didn't like. That yeah, was the game I played when I forgot my games on the road trip. Mm. I was stuck with it. Yeah, that sounds like that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, here we go. An orange grouch and a green grover. Our first thing, uh, they're still sticking with the clay. These weird little clay monsters, um, with like the weird like sockets for eyes. Yes. <laughs> um, but the first scene, it, it it starts with Oscar, still orange, has not fully transitioned. Wait, Dude. so it, that's that's my point of confusion here. I thought Oscar was green. Yeah, see, Oscar was initially orange and stayed orange for some time. Just like um, Cookie Monster, we learned, was not initially like introduced in Cookie Monster. His first on-screen appearance eating things was not a cookie. He was eating the letter, letter W. Ah. Oh. Yeah. That's misleading. Yeah, so, and you know, did Big Bird show up in this one? Who is Dave Burton? Dave Burton. Was he the black man? Um, the black guy's name is Gordon. Shit. That might be the actor's name. Are you asking a rhetor- Do you know the answer to this question? I don't know who, who Dave... Who Dave is. Who's Dave Burton? Why did you ask if he's in it? What? You asked if Dave Burton is in this episode. I, asked, <laughs> I said Big Bird. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, he was in it. Big Bird was, was in it. There was a, a brief sequence. Yeah, he was a lot more... My point was that he was a lot more pinheaded in the first season. They've changed his his design somewhat. Ernie as well has, has become more familiar. He's got his shirt now. He was shirtless oh. in the first episode. Also, the, the important thing to 
distinguish, I think, for the viewer uh-huh. is that as we watch this show, it's it's Sesame Street, right? But I'd like to remind you, this is not a street. It is a television show. And it's <laughs> produced in the early bit of the latter half of the 1900s. This is true, yeah. Uh, this, mind you, is a century, mind you, that began educating its children with corporal punishment, capital mm-hmm. punishment, slave labor, desks that could not move of their own accord, or most people's accord. Most children were not educated in the public school, probably. A lot of countries did not have public schools, probably. Times have absolutely changed, you're right. That, that's all at the beginning of, of 19, and by the end of it, we had Harry Potter. And Hogwarts is not a public school, mind you, but, you know, there aren't many public schools in the wizarding world, but politics aside, I think this is a fair represent representative, like, of what it was like in this midway point of the that century of education. It's a slice of life. For sure. If, if you will. So after that, uh, Mr. Hooper comes up to Oscar. He's the local, local ice, ice cream shop, apparently. We met him in the first episode, but it was just like a passing. Oh, hey, Mr. Ho- Mr. Hooper. Uh, he owns the ice cream shop. Uh, Oscar wants uh, a bean, a black bean sundae. That, that is also true. Yeah, much to Mr. Hooper's chagrin. He's not pleased that he wants this disgusting meal. Everything you're saying is, in fact, true. Uh, then we go into the three song that we're, we're oh so familiar with. I've got to say, this is where my frustration started to kick in, because I was super jazzed to, to be watching this next episode, because like, I was kind of into the first one. There was a lot of good stuff. But here, as, as we got into it, I started to realize they're starting to recycle a lot of their animation. You were disillusioned. <laughs> I was. I, I'm... That's unfair to you. See, maybe I'm just more cynical than you because I was disillusioned even before that, mm-hmm. and I didn't even see the first episode because when Mr. Hooper, was it? Mr. Hooper, yeah. Mr. Hooper, his profession is an ice cream man. Yeah. Profession, professional. Right? They, it lends, one lends itself to the other. Which one, I'm not sure. But the point is, there is a certain code of ethics that must be followed, as I'm sure you are aware of this. And. Are you calling Mr. Hooper's ethics into question? I am. See, now that, that was, that was kind of, I feel like that was kind of an undercurrent. Maybe some of the kids didn't catch on. But there was definitely some sort of sharp criticism of Mr. Hooper's sort of. Let's let's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, beat around the bush. It, he he has a very fascist view of his ice cream shop. He does. He says Sundays can only be the certain thing. And he he was. He he didn't outwardly ostracize or even criticize. Um, what was his name? Oscar. Oscar. The Grouch. Mr. Grouch. Mr. Mr. The Grouch. Mr. Grouch? Mr. The Grouch. Mr. The Grouch. Okay, That's so he his didn't father. Not... Call him Oscar. Okay, Oscar 
was he, he did not receive the best treatment in his ice cream transaction is what i'm saying yeah. because he was just saying hey this is what i want mr hoover had the ingredients as we see later in the scene there was no conflict about his possession of said beans there's and no pickles. reason why he couldn't have just provided it just outright just you know it's your business i'm gonna stay out of your bedroom or trash can whatever you live in i'm not gonna tell you what you eat on your sunday right right but so, and then he had the nerve even after that oscar requested and correct me if i'm wrong a a chocolate ice cream sunday with baked beans and a radish right yeah we we, we first saw you know, mr hooper's um strictness peeking through when he insisted that that it be vanilla oscar yeah. corrects him that it's chocolate and then and, and then mr hooper runs into big bird the aforementioned pinheaded bird, it, he's sort of just this instrument of Mr. Hooper. And they just sort of, it's just sickening how they just egg each other on like this and just get off on it. And how just ridding the common man of his fucking rights. I mean, they're, they're fucking fascists. He's just his, he, he's his, you know, like if I were to go on the internet right now, which I could, I'm at a computer, I could look up who, like, one of Stalin or Hitler's or another dictator's henchmen, Francisco Franco, Mussolini, what have you. And I could look it up, and I could look up who helped those guys out. I, If I were to look up that information, let's call that name X, I would say Big Bird is just Mr. Hooper's X. It would certainly seem that way, and I, I really hope that, like, as the series goes on, as we venture further into these 4,000 episodes, that we start to see some sort of progressive uh, change. Because because right now it's really off-putting. I'm I'm hoping that it's just you know a a, a, a relic of the past. Because if I have to watch you know 4,000 more episodes of of this like Big just, just hate, hateful. Big Bird was never even involved in the transaction. At least Mr. Hooper is the, like, owner, you know? He's the proprietor of this ice cream shop. Big Bird just comes in and says, no, nah, it's better with fucking strawberry, which is his opinion. It, it's, yeah, it's it's awful. Um, after that, we get another bit of the three song. Same animation, same song. Uh, I'm not pleased. Uh. <laughs> Given that this was my first time seeing it, I, I, yeah, what did you think? I did not have much to say about it. Except I mean, that... I mean, that parts of it were scary. If I were a small child, I don't know, I'm not. I can't put myself in these kinds of shoes like that. But, you know, you got to try to achieve some level of empathy. Yeah. I think if I were a small level, a small child, I would not be able to handle that sort of scariness. It's like... It, it's, it's the pink elephants on parade all over again. It really is. Um, after that, we get we get a, a a Christian song by our good good friend celebrity. Um, I did not write her name down. It's not important. Oh, I I, I did. M- yes. Mahalia Jackson. Is that is that correct? You may be bungling the pronunciation. Um, Am I? Mahalia. Oh wait, did I write an A or an E? I googled it. There there are no E's. <laughs> that's that's a mistake because. E is a prominent figure in this episode. Yeah, they really, he, well, they really like, should have gone for the tie-in there with, with a celebrity with plenty of E's in their name. Well, you know, maybe they're trying to avoid that being seen as just, you know, whoever 
whatever letter just throws money at the show can just have be in all the guest names. I want to believe you, but with so much product placement, it's hard to it's hard to see that as a reality. I'm currently on Mahalia Jackson's Wikipedia page. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Miss Jackson. So, she was an American gospel singer and quote sang God's music because it makes her feel free. That's good. It gives her hope. This checks out because um, she's saying uh, he's got the whole world in his hands, which you did not know was a religious tune. Are you sure? Do you, can someone fact check <laughs> that? Do we have fact checkers on this program? Is um, someone? Yeah, let me just ask the producer. Yeah, he'll Google it for us. Find a booth and ask the people in it to fact check that. <laughs> but it is indeed. Like, what else would it could it be about? Who else has the whole world in his hands other than? We all do. That's the point. Well, not back then. Well, that's the that's what they're aiming for. She was like, she worked for civil rights, man. You gotta, we all gotta work together. But it's like the royal he, you know. It's all of us. We have, we all have a bit of the world. We have to share it. Like you know that that allegory about the blind men feeling the elephant, and they each know a bit of the elephant. But yep. yeah, they need to share that. We need to share the earth. You don't own it. That I like that reading a lot more. To be honest, um, there was one kid. He was not doing great um, at the. <laughs> there was four kids surrounding them. Uh, one kid was not catching on to the changes in hand movements when they switched from clapping to like mimicking a baby. He which claps to the I beat was, of his own drummer. Yeah, that. See now that that gives a lot of more credence to your reading as opposed to mine, where I assumed it was the sweet baby Jesus. See, you're playing into their fascist fucking. I do. I'm. Know? I've watched so much Ses. I've watched twice as much Sesame Street as you. That is true, but I have played. How many Game Boy games have you played? I I haven't touched a single one. Uh, after that, we got introduced to the letter E. Um, that is good. Although, I think that that's a bit early. I think that if the target audience is not aware of the letter E at this point in the show, like they should just cover the alphabet in the beginning, because like I said. And not like I said, whatever. Before, there were various E's used in the dialogue. Yeah, you know, that's something I really appreciate about, you know, modern TV shows. Like, I remember Breaking Bad was really good about that. They always they, started they off... began with the letters. Yep. Alphabet. You can't put that shit at the end. This, I think this is... Uh, this show format is unsustainable because you can't... It's, it's Viewers will just not... Literally not understand what is happening. Much yeah. like the clapper of the song we were previously. So the letter E. Yeah, it was another one of those abstract animations, same one from the first episode. Nathan, any thoughts? Well, E is a useful letter. It's a pleasant letter to say. I feel it in my throat. As I say it now, various words, many words, it's a common letter, have the letter E that I am saying. And as I touch my hand to my throat, I feel it. How do you feel about the letter E? I mean, it's up there. You, you can't you can't live without it. That's what I always say. Did the song give it justice? I mean, no, you have to take in... That's a very narrow-minded view of this Sesame Street. You have to take it in as as just a part of the E canon. You know, if you haven't, like, really dug into the E classics, I really don't think you can truly appreciate 
uh, what this animation brought and sort of added to. Because there's a lot of like intertextuality between this and some of your, you know, more more respected um, bits. Because you know, Sesame Street, it's though though it is old, it is relatively new speaking in terms of like the history of media. Yeah, like I said before, the desks can move. Yeah. So after that, um, we've got Kermit. Uh, he's teaching us about prepositions. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we... Yeah. E. E. Yeah, re- remember, he was fitting it and everything. I think that this bit had a good message. See, now I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know if they're if they're supporting this fascist regime or if they're kind of, like, underground, like, kind of, kind of fighting it from the inside. I think that there's some some rogue writer on the cast here or crew whatever part the writer fits in on mm-hmm. and because because the what's his name gordon yeah he was he took the e and he placed it against various things namely one thing in this in different spots a yeah. door and you could you could fit an e like anywhere if you wanted to. I think that that's a good message that if you really want something to be, it can. Reality is subjective. You know it is. It's all our perception. Definitely. So after that, we go to Kermit uh, teaching us about prepositions. As I said, visited by uh, his good pal Grover. First first visit to Grover. Big big Grover fan over here. Um, how do you feel about Grover, Nathan? I think that he needs to work on prepositions. But yeah, that's why we're here. It's a learning experience for all of us. I learned something myself in the show. I'll get to that later. Okay, good. I'm glad this is you're getting something out of this too. But Grover, Grover needs he's he's a couple, a couple steps back uh, compared to us. Definitely. Not to not to bring our you know presentist view to this, but I think just objectively speaking, he's got you know he's got some ground to cover. He definitely does rather ground perhaps Kermit explains the box Grover looks everywhere but the box and then when he tries to look in the box there's a monster so I think that this is like I said I'm, I'm kind of on the fence now because I think that this show does have a good message I think that whoever that lone rider fighting the machine man mm-hmm. he was in there I think this was written by him because it's teaching us not to think inside the box. Wherever you do, think anywhere but inside the box. You can think on the side of the box. You can think on top of the box. You can think under the box. I remember at the time, as we were reviewing it, you were surprised that Grover chose under the box. So he was thinking even more outside the box than you. It's so, true. you know, puppets have equality. They, I mean, they don't have equality, but they deserve equality. They have the same capabilities, that's what, rather. That's what I was trying to say. Because... They can go anywhere around a box that we can. So if I can if I can read ahead, if I can look at your trajectory here, I don't want to make too many presumptions, but are you building to some sort of like puppets v humans sort of uh, world in Sesame Street? Is that going to be a later seasons arc? Well, are you familiar with Charles Manson? I'm familiar. I am. Yes. Okay. So the. Um, murders that his family carried out mm-hmm. in the previous years, they were they were done because he believed in this interpretation of the Beatles song Helter Skelter, in which it would end with a race war, and he wanted to sort of uh, 
like take that initial step and and uh, what what's the word for when you like a catalyst? What's the verb of catalyst, but not catalyze? Cauterize. Yeah, so he wanted to cauterize. I think that this writer is trying to cauterize Puppet Helter Skelter. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm certainly I will definitely you will definitely be on for those episodes if we do get to uh, Sesame Street Helter Skelter. I hope we do. Yeah, I'm trying to we keep myself in the dark. Already. <laughs> so after after a little preposition bit, um, which I do want to give a lot of credit to the ending of of the demon being inside that box. It was a good reveal because we were blaming, we were placing this blame upon Grover for just being too dumb to know what in means. But he was really like avoiding the fact that there's like a, a horrible monster inside this box. Yeah, Kermit's just an asshole. Fucking fascist pig, man. Fucking yep. Well, no, it's Miss, Miss Piggy. Like lead fucking... Piggy's the pig. Masses into the same fucking hole like fucking lemmings, like the lemmings, frogs, G's ends up with a both end with G. There, fucking letter, sesame yeah. street. Miss Miss Piggy's the frog. So after that, um, Buddy, Buddy and what is his name? Jimmy, Buddy and Jim. Buddy and Buddy and Jim. Yeah. They're up to their they're up to their classic antics again. They've got two pairs of shoes, a pair of boots, and a pair of tennis shoes, and they got two boxes, one one big box and one little box. And Jim, he's sweeping up long day at the the gym gym shop, and the gym. Huh. And and Buddy's got to put the two the two shoes uh, into the two boxes, as per Jimmy's orders. The two orders. sets of shoes, to be clear. Yes, two two pairs, you might say. Something we learned about in the previous episode, and this one. Which is important. <laughs> Not only have they been re- repeating animation, it's the same set of sponsors, which is concerning <laughs> going forward. I'm a little we, worried we need, about that. We need variety, otherwise... We Diversity, can't... you're right. Yeah. Otherwise, there won't be... We, we, we need this sort of... an art. In, in Buddy and Jimmy's struggle, they, of course, find every possible way to not put these two shoes in the correct boxes two pairs of shoes excuse me what if I, i've yeah. learned nothing i've learned nothing here well what we've learned is that each shoe when when taken with another shoe is a pair of shoes so then you need to take those shoes am i going too fast do you understand the use of so pairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the pairs of shoes <laughs> you know, that segues into it, it it should be mentioned that this this conflict is not resolved <laughs> yeah they they try literally every possible combination except for putting the correct pair in the correct box and for using the fruit pair yep it yeah we're left with jim leaving to go to his tennis match in boots that is their solution well, what's wrong with using boots and tennis? I think this relates to the E sketch about how like an E can fit into everything. Boots can fit into any sport. I mean, no. Well, I... the world is what you... Look at baseball uniforms. They've made do with that shitty uniform. Imagine <laughs> if they wore... Like, like I'm not familiar with baseball. Are you? 
I'm I'm wearing a Giants shirt right now. San Francisco Giants. When when the baseball teams practice, do they do they practice in like similar clothing to the uniforms they wear during a game? I, or do I they don't just believe like gym so. Shorts and shirts. Yeah. Because gym shorts and shirts are easier, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just a purposeful hindrance. So really, I think Jim is just setting a handicap for him to get over. Because that's what life is about. It's about climbing these mountains. That's definitely true. Um, in the next scene, it's more pear talk. We, we're seeing not the fruit, mind you. Uh, it's we see a lot of two Which is things. Which opportunity? It is there. We went this whole episode. There is a there is a fruit scene, not a pear to be found. It's really <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of just pictures of two things on screen, as some nice lady narrates. There's really nothing special about this bit, unless you you've seen something different, Russ. I – is that the one? No. It's just two animals, two yeah, different no, animals. No. Yeah. yeah, no, that was There's bold. nothing here for anyone. Um, uh, we Then we get this the erasing kid, this short, weird little like minute-long sketch. This kid's got some sort of magic eraser that erases reality. Yeah, and you might I, – I like it. It's the kid. He's erasing his problems. I like it. See, I that's troubling to me. That's troubling to me in, in the way that he – like he he's being he's about to be brought to justice for his transgressions by these authority figures, and then he just erases them and he's like the victor. He's standing proud on the number ten. That's how it the works. number ten is involved. There's whenever ever there's a song, you you cannot have a song without counting. It's become clear. But yeah, you were gonna say something about this erasing of the authority well, figures. Yeah, I think that that whole sketch it just it's it's uh it's really not surprising for them to include this bit because. It, it's sort of just a natural progression of the theme they've been carrying throughout this episode of choosing your own reality, as we've seen with the ease and with the pairs of shoes, because you, you don't you, we choose to have these problems. The only problem is in our heads. And that's that's us saying, I have a problem. I should be worried about this. No, instead, you can just tell yourself I shouldn't be worried about this. And you won't. You we all have a fucking eraser, but we the man doesn't want you to do that. But you know what? When the man comes to take your eraser away, just fucking erase them, too, bitches. Um, after that, we go to the Great Horned Owl, um, which was really a treat because it was very apparent that that the actor on screen had no script, was simply describing features of this owl that he had maybe heard of. Um, their eyes on the, are on the front of their heads. Fun fact. Yeah. It was really just an owl. They had an owl in the studio, apparently. It must have been like on Johnny Carson or something. And they said, you know, we've got this owl. We should probably use owls it. are pests, right? Or is that just in Futurama? That has not come to be yet. I, I respect owls a lot, actually. Ah. Because, you know, they share so many similarities with us. Nocturnal. <laughs> they. Here, here's a fun fact. Here's another thing they share with us. Yeah. Owls are also not blind during daytime. That was once a common myth. Hmm. After that, um, we go into just another montage of birds. Uh, no singing this guy, no singing this time. Just just birds on screen for like two minutes. Nice music. I like birds. I'd like to. I'd like a pet bird. Uh, eventually, really? yeah. What's the I th- benefit? I think it's cool. I want to be a pirate. It's really like this fulfilling, like this weird pirate need that I have. I think about that's pirates. That's really the worst aspect of being a pirate, and that's including being like drawn and quartered. 
You really think having a bird is the worst part? That's like the best. Yeah, it shits all over you and squawks. And how do you take care of a fucking parrot in the middle of the ocean? That's like so far removed from this natural environment. I think we should get PETA on this shit. Well, I mean, parrots, they're not... Parrots, they're like connected to you. When they're... when you there's a there's a special bond formed between a man and the thing that is currently sitting on its shoulder and i think you're no. not you're not giving this this enough credit only cuz you create that bond like you choose to create that no i definitely That's disagree fine with if you that you want to but i don't think you should want to well, regardless ernie and and bert bert and ernie as they're more traditionally called um, play a fun little game what happens next um, i play this all the time it's a lot of fun at parties. Um, it is. Yeah, you should try it. Come up with some pictures. Um, sometimes they're dirty pictures, you know. So, with this picture sketch. The pictures are not the point. Let's be clear. What Learning is what happens next is not the point of the sketch. What is the point? Uh, well, Ernie has an overactive imagination, you see. Yes. He, he's creating all these scenarios in his head from like very simple pictures. It'll be like uh, a girl swinging back on a swing, and Bert will be like, "What happens next?" And then Ernie—that's my Bert, by the way. Um, Solid. Yeah. Uh, Ernie will come up with some just ridiculous story about how she's gonna go home and get a peanut butter sandwich, and there's not gonna be any peanut butter, so they go to the store, and she brings her rubber ducky. A nice bit of foreshadowing, by the way. Yes. And she's going to leave the rubber ducky at the store, so it's super sad. And Bert's like, that's not what happens. Uh, this happens three times, as is traditional with sketches. Yes. <coughs> yes. Um, Would you say that Ernie's imaginative stories are a projection of his own personality and wants and needs and wants as a person? Well, you know, I think he's sort of like... Not even on an emotional level, but just like sensory-wise, I think he's very deprived because we don't ever see him outside of that basement. It's because of Bert. He's always controlling him. Yeah, you know, it brings into question what their whole relation. It's it's been the question. It's on. It's the question on everyone's minds. Let's be honest. What for decades about about their relationship? Yeah. And I think this is, we're going to be the first ones to propose the idea that Bert is Ernie's caretaker. Ernie is, Ernie is incredibly uh, unstable, as, as demonstrated by this like overactive imagination. And so Bert th- Bert's there to you know, take care of him. I think, I think Bert is just this abusive asshole. And the thing that under... I mean, I think well, I mean have you're... some sympathy for the man. You know, he's, he's got to spend his, all his time... He, Imagine the implications of someone that comes up with those sorts of stories at the simple sight of a picture. Imagine what that means for their entire relationship. Well, you know, your proposal for your interpretation is fine and dandy, but it's all based on this false premise that Bert and Ernie are people. They aren't. They're allegories of fascism. Well, now wait. Are the puppets the good? Are they, are they the good guys? Or are they the... One of them is. Which... Ernie. Ernie, okay. Ernie Bert's... is the proletariat. Okay. I suppose. Bert is fascist, bourgeoisie, fucking fucks. Uh, the scene end, ends by 
um, a little little flipperoo. You think he's oh Ernie's just being a goofball. He's he's screwing it up again. He's coming up with another story. Turns out uh, Cookie Monster is there to save us with a little comic relief by yelling Cookie, and then we cut away. I expect a lot of that. But then, thank God, Gordon is there to save the day um, and give us the actual conclusions. Is saving this story and tells us what actually happens. You know, does he save the-, the day, or does he just, you know, is that like sort of the final? I think really under my okay. interpretation of it as you have to understand that I'm speaking in terms of I'm within the Sesame verse. I'm I'm looking at I'm it. I'm saying within thing. every fucking verse, this is fucking fascist, and we need to we can't allow this. Let You're me let me live You're on Sesame Street. They're what they want. You're taking you're taking your outside points of view and you're planting them on top of Sesame Street. You haven't the Sesame Street wants you to think they want you to think there is an inside and outside of the box. Inside and outside the box, it's the same air. There is no inside and outside point of view. It's all the same point of view. You can't delineate this. It's all fucking life. You haven't lived on fucking Sesame Street, man. You don't know what you're talking about. God, fucking all right. So Dandelion's next. I don't know. He fucking wears a bunch of clothes and shit. It's like a lesson, be yourself or something. I don't like it. You know, he's happy when he puts on the clothes. Who is this giraffe to stop him? You can't look that too much into these stories, man. They're for children. After that, we go to Solomon Grundy again. You all know what it is. It's a nursery rhyme. It's probably like Old English or something because it's kind of like anti-dirt. And dirt was like a big problem back in like... Wait, are we pro-dirt now? We're not. we're, We're neutral. We're... We're dirt fluid. Uh, Kermit's going to teach us about hair next. Um, it's on your head. That's really the point. Except, okay, there is... It a, only should be on your head. That's that's his fascist fucking point. I'm on board with you here. I will join your fascist interpretation with this one. Because no, it is you don't a, get it, man. There is no my interpret and your interpret. It's all the same. We're all... You don't know Kermit. I know Kermit. Well... Not literally. Uh, so it, it starts off, you know, traditional. He wears wears hair. That's on your head. Yeah, that's a thing you should probably tell kids. Where else can hair be? You know, on your chin. Okay, good. That's a beard. Beard guy. Beard's voice, by the way. Uh, top top notch. The casting nailed it with that one. Um, but then uh, the third man, the final of the three, comes up. He's got hair all over. Um, and what do you, what does Sesame Street define this as? Uh, a monster. Anyone with hair other than their head or their chin is a monster. As someone hairier than most others, I am offended, personally. There is no, yes. Am I a monster? You tell me, America. Am I a monster? Um, after that, we learn about the letter V from Gordon. By, you know, he, he like, cuts in half a and, W. Yeah, W... That's unfortunate because, like, the word W. Yeah, you could have you taught you. Yeah. It's really... It could have been a simple lesson. It could have been, like, bendy letters, and he cut it off, and it was, like, a V, but then he bent it, and it was a U. Yeah. Or vice versa. It's, an, enti- it's an entirely font-based problem. And then on top of that, they could have done U and V, UV radiation, wear sunscreen, kids. That could have been, like, four lessons in there. Instead, they were just like, yeah, two Vs make a W. I don't think... I don't think sunburns had been invented yet. But he didn't... Okay, that, that's a good fair point. But he also didn't even, like, put the V up against things. How am I supposed to know? Like, I, 
I mean, that's not what doors are shaped like. Well, other things can be... It can be shaped however you want. Did you not learn... Rewatch the fucking clip and learn, like these children are, like they should be, according to fucking Mother Nature and the Uh, universe. Our final clip, um, aside from the recap at the very end, um, is a sort of... It's it's a fun little it's it's silly. They've got some like dramatic pictures of fruit, um, and they're playing wait, audio. Wait, I skipped one. I skipped one. Lambs. Oh, the lamb! Oh, I forgot the lamb. Oh, damn. Lamb is good. Another quality animal performance. Yeah. Um, just refusal well, so to. Useful. Yeah, they 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 give us wool. I personally am not too emotionally involved in in animal. Uh, issues. I'm not a member of PETA, but you know, I might. If I were, then that might be an issue. But I can't say for sure because I'm not. It's hard to say. It's all very. It's all a gray area, in terms of uh, this goat. Uh, goat eats out of a bowl. It's kind of cute. Oh, I like goats. He, he tries to run away at one point. Yeah. Uh, the the guy plays it off well though. He's a pro. Uh, then we get to the thing I'm so anxious to get to. This dramatic uh, shots of fruit in a bowl. Uh, an orange is prominent, and they're but playing. Is it fruit? It's definitely fruit. See, I think that this, especially, you have to look at the the position, how they structured this episode. This just tops off. This confirms that the theme of it is, you know, reality is what you make of it. It can be fruit. It can be the universe. It can be stars. It can be planets. Life is what you make of it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, this has been episode two of Neighborhood Watch. Uh, thanks, Russ, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Michael, and you're welcome. Yeah, do you have anything to plug way, while we're here? Oh, well, one might say that I have not been caught yet. Blogspot.com. So that's going to do it for us here at Neighborhood Watch. Uh, I've been your host, Michael Giannis, and we'll catch you next time. Also, it's I have not been caught. The one might say... The music's playing. They can't. We're fading out. Sure.